0: We're back with Coley and Kavanaugh, round two with the guys. Let's pick the conversation back up. We were talking about the acreage numbers, and what a shocker those were, John. Uh, But in addition to the fact that we're really not hearing any really good justification for it. But let me go to another point that you brought up last week. We're talking about having a huge weather market. And you brought up the point you said, you know, the problem with this weather market, as volatile as it is, is that some of the swings in prices were not really indicated by the reports that we got. Yes, it's been dry, but your point was those uh, mood swings in the market were just a lot more than what really the conditions dictated. So talk to me about this 80 cent swing in the soybeans right <laughs> after the market got a hold of this report on Friday. Well, 75 to 80 cents, the chains that we saw there in the acreage indicate that 75 or 80 cents?
1: Yes, I okay, think so next one.
0: conversation <laughs> 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 that was pretty pretty easy answer there
1: you well, know, David may take excessive with it, but I don't think so because uh the the soybean situation would we'll take if that four million acres ends up being correct, and remember we got we're gonna see a lot of double cropping after wheat is harvested more so than usual because it's uh because the prices are gonna be so high, but you take away that four million acres and you, and the yield on that, and we've wiped out our soybean crop, you know we don't we've taken away the carryover. It says we're running out of soybeans, and therefore the price has to go much higher in order to ration demand so that we can preserve some soybeans. Unless we're missing something, I think that 75 to $0.80 cents on soybeans was fully justified. Now, though, back to corn for a second. We had on a, a, a Monday, our conditions report was very bullish, surprisingly bullish. Corn, only 50% good, excellent. And, you know, for that week, that's the lowest good, excellent since the drought of 1988. Mm. 35 years and what the market do over the course of the week new crop corn went down 59 cents and down over a dollar 10 from the high that was set last week and why is that it's because the weather forecast continues to talk about increasing odds of good rains greater than an inch in some cases an inch and a half across most of the central and southern midwest over the next 10 days in other words the drought we had has been broken
0: Let's turn to the guy in this crew who knows more about weather than the other two idiots and ask David. David, <laughs> as we look at this forecast, uh, of course, you know, we have been talking about El Nino now for quite a while. And you brought up a point here yep. I know, three four weeks ago that the rest of the world was saying El Nino, but we... it hadn't really started to develop here. But if we've got rain in the forecast, like we do over the next 10 days, it would appear that maybe El Nino was actually getting started for us?
2: Yeah, I think that's something we have to point toward because as I mentioned before, the ocean water temperatures are really high all over the world. In fact, they're record temperatures a lot of places. But the big thing to notice is that before we had the omega blocking high, which caused the drought. So what have we got now? It's the circle of fire, according to Ryan Hall, the best guy on YouTube about weather, but the circle of fire is drawing all this moisture up from the Gulf of Mexico, pulling it up, pulling it right across Texas, across Arkansas and Missouri. And then the Midwest, it's just unbelievable to see that. But then here's the other thing, guys, it's the circle of fire that moves out after the midweek next week. And then another big rain pattern moves in at the end of next week. So, there's rain in the forecast. It's like planes landing at uh, O'Hare in Chicago, one after another. You know, the other <laughs>
0: part about this is that we've talked so many times, John, you've brought this up numerous times and said soybeans are hard to kill. You know, they're like cockroaches. You can't get rid of them. So the deal is, <laughs> is that even dropping 4 million acres, if we get some good rains, would this crop maybe pull out?
1: No, I, I think uh, the good rains may give us a yield, uh, maybe in the vicinity for a U.S. average of 50 or 51, which given the conditions the beans right now would be awfully, awfully good, but that's not enough of a yield, Rob. If we have, in fact, lost 4 million acres, if that number that came out on Friday happens to be correct, we just don't have enough acres. I don't care what yield we have. I mean, a reasonable yield. We just can't make up the deficit. We're going to have to send prices higher to start cutting back on demand. If that number is correct, and at the moment, I'm still questioning that, and I have to believe that we're going to have a tremendous amount of double crop acres coming in because the prices incentive is going to be too great, yeah. but it's, I don't think it's going to be enough.
0: And one of the other things, David, is, and I think that we actually talked about this uh, maybe at the farm show, but, you know, when the conversation started about the 51.5 expected yield on soybeans, wasn't that kind of based on everything going right Because there's a lot that's gone wrong, including this drop in acreage, that would make 51.5 kind of suspect.
2: Yeah, it does make it that. Now, again, like John said, August is the most important month for the soybeans. But then, as he mentioned, too, and think about this, if you're going to double crop beans, look at this. You don't have to plow the fields. You can plant beans in between the cut rows of wheat. If you're doing, you know, this wonderful moisture (laughs) retrieval and not breaking up the soil to lose it, your beans will do much better. So there's going to be the big push there, too. But the question I have is how much damage has already been done. Now, a couple uh, I talked to a couple farmers said that their beans look pretty yucky. They look pretty brown. All of a sudden, after we got the rain, it greened up and boy, it grew. And that's the whole thing about soybeans. They'll sit and wait. They don't care corn won't. <laughs> Good point, David. Sister. exactly right. And, and what am I going to do Is if, if I'm a corn crop? And look at the duration that swept through. You know, that all the way through southern Minnesota, northern Missouri, central Illinois, southern Indiana, central Indiana. That duration swept. I am the lot of corn. Now we didn't green snap any pictures I saw on Twitter, but boy, you're going to lose some yield on that corn. So we got to be uh, open on that too.
0: Okay, a couple of other things wanted to hear you guys uh, talk about, John. You and I have been talking about stuff that's coming out of Brazil, that prices that is just uh, too much to resist. And so we've seen some beans coming into the southern part of the United States. Uh, what's going on with Brazil at this point, and particularly given the you know their cooperation with China as well.
1: Well, you know, that's a good point because uh, we know that Argentina had uh, very serious drought conditions. They've lost something like 42% of their bean crop from what they expected at the beginning of the season. Brazil, on the other hand, is having a banner year. They're going to have probably record production of both corn and soybeans, and everything looks really good, and it's going to have a long tail, and it's going to hurt demand from the U.S. I'm still very concerned about export corn demand out of the United States for this coming year. So some of the situation with corn may be resolved by the fact that our exports are going to be even lower than what the mm. USDA is projecting yeah. for next year. You know, this year it, they still look like they're running. We're running behind, and they're going to have to cut exports back even again. And I think they're too high for next year. The way things shape up now, we've got to keep an eye on that. But the, this, this Brazilian corn and bean crop is going to hurt our export demand.
0: Yeah. One thing, David, I know you had been following what was going on in Russia and Ukraine and the Black Sea region. And of course, this past week seemed like every day there was another chapter in uh, this business with the the troops you know, and Putin and uh, trying to overthrow them and whatnot. And it seemed like a, a lot of this business about what's coming in and out of the ports in the Black Sea region really kind of got pushed onto the back burner. It seemed like there were more hot fires burning for the Russians than, than uh, they had time to be paying attention to what was coming in and out of the ports there in Black Sea region. So any update on
2: that? Yeah, the big talk is of course that rebellion that was supposedly being staged in Russia and it was put out even before it started. So that was a big disappointment there. Uh, The fact that Russia is blocking a lot of Ukrainian vessels, leaving the uh, Black Sea region and pushing their own vessels forward as much as they can also hurts so much. And you know, the thing is, Ukraine has been fighting really, really hard. But the problem is they're fighting like a mouse against an elephant and the elephant can trump trump it a little bit, and the mice all run away, and that's the Ukrainian-Russian deal, it's going to be awfully hard for those mice to take that elephant out.
0: (laughs) Good analogy.
2: All right, at this point
0: in the program, it is time for us, whether we want to or not, to give John the final word for the day. So, Mr. Kavanaugh, you are up to bat.
1: Well, you know, I hate to say this, but I'm speechless. After that report came out, quite honestly, it uh, just left me thoroughly confused. So I guess my only final word is, is uh, let's keep an open mind here. Maybe some errors are going to be corrected. And let's keep an eye and see how much double cropping occurs with soybeans. Because I do think when the final acres come in, I suspect it's going to be higher than the acres number that was reported yesterday at 83.5 million.
0: Colleen Cavanaugh, brought to you by the Allen County Farm Bureau. And coming up on July 20th, estate and succession planning for the family farm. It's going to be offered virtually. And one of our friends and supporters of Midwest Ag, Dan Gordon, is going to be presenting the four ways to lose the family farm. Mark your calendar for July 20th. This is one of the great things the Farm Bureau is doing to help support farm families here in our state. The only way possible for the Farm Bureau to do these kinds of things is with your support, and that comes through memberships. Isn't it time you become a member? Find out how. Go online too. It pays to itpaystobeamember.org.
2: Podcasts by Federated Media.